0: In the midst of a changing world, one thing never changes, and that is the word of God. And this word is addressed to all and to everyone. We're still enjoying the twilight of the time after Epiphany before Candlemas, and already four weeks before Lent, we hear this message, repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance is a message for everyone, everywhere, at all times. The prophet Jonah was a reluctant prophet, yet in the end he obeyed God and went to the city of Nineveh to announce the destruction that God had threatened. We do not know the nature of the sins being committed in Nineveh. All we know is that Jonah was commanded by God to set out for the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, for their wickedness has come before me. When Jonah preached as he was commanded, the people of Nineveh believed God. We're told they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. And this was even before the news had reached the king, who, when he heard Jonah's message, issued a proclamation ordering that no man or beast, no cattle or sheep shall taste anything. They shall not eat, nor shall they drink water. Man and beast alike must be covered with sackcloth and call loudly to God. They must all turn from their evil way and from the violence of their hands. Who knows God may again repent and turn from his blazing wrath so that we will not perish. As loyal citizens of the United States, we pray for the newly inaugurated president. We will in the intercessions at mass, and we will again at the end of mass. But we cannot fail to be alarmed at the joint statement he and Vice President Harris issued on the very day of the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, just two days after his inauguration, after the President's inauguration. I want to read the statement to you. Statement from President Biden and Vice President Harris on the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Today marks the 48th anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's landmark ruling in Roe v. Wade. In the past four years, reproductive health, so euphemism, of course, including the right to choose has been under relentless and extreme attack. We are deeply committed to making sure everyone has access to care, including reproductive health care, regardless of income, race, zip code, health insurance status, or immigration status, sorry, health insurance status or immigration status. The Biden-Harris administration is committed to codifying Roe v. Wade and appointing judges that respect foundational precedents like Roe. We are also committed to ensuring that we work to eliminate maternal and infant health disparities, increase access to contraception, and support families economically so that all parents can raise their families with dignity. This commitment extends to our critical work on health outcomes throughout the world, which means you and me paying for abortions in other countries. As the Biden-Harris administration begins in this critical moment, now is the time to rededicate ourselves to ensuring that all individuals have access to the health care they need. The word abortion isn't mentioned once, but that's what it is all about. No Catholic, no practicing Catholic, no devout Catholic could ever issue such a statement. As I mentioned in a previous homily, we can hold different opinions concerning immigration, universal health care, economics, or how to approach the COVID pandemic. As Catholics, we can even hold different views, uh, opinions about the death penalty. And we can hear out respectfully fellow Catholics with whom we might disagree or have a differing opinion. And we resolve those issues through the ballot box. And we can still remain one with our fellow Catholics. But abortion and marriage is between a man and a woman, and the God-given beauty of men and women created male and female are not matters of compromise. Since that Supreme Court decision 48 years ago, More than 60 million American babies have been cruelly but legally taken from their mother's wombs. In his chapel chat on Friday, Archbishop sample said this, this was like wiping out the population of Oregon 14 times. The vast majority of those babies were dismembered within those wombs as they fought against the abortionist forceps and many who survived were left to die. The organs have been sold for research, and many vaccines currently available, and indeed other products that you and I might consume, have been developed or tested using cell lines derived from those babies. Before the end of this day, 3,000 more babies on average will have been killed in the United States of America. In the book of Jonah, Nineveh is described as a great city, even in some translations as an awesomely great city. A biblical commentary suggests that exaggeration is characteristic of the book of Jonah, the word great occurring 14 times in the four chapters of this short book. Every state in America likes to be considered great. But a truly great state like the great city of Nineveh is one that believes in God and hears the prophetic call to repentance. How can we consider ourselves a great nation when we permit such cruelty in our own land and pay for its promotion in other nations? How can we be great unless we repent of this sin? Let us not condemn those involved in this sin, least of all, the poor mothers. Rather, let us all together repent for the sin of our nation, for this nation that we love so dearly. There is an urgency in the teaching of St. Paul that we have heard today. The time is running out. Our lives are short. This is a time for repentance and personal conversion, for turning towards the Lord for offering sacrifices that will remind us, as St. Paul tells us, that the world in its present form is passing away. St. Paul offers suggestions of sacrifices that we might consider. Married couples might consider abstaining from marital relations for a time to dedicate themselves to prayer. We should mourn for sin even though we retain the great joy and confidence of knowing that we are children of God. Likewise, if we're down or depressed, we should cheer up and be joyful. We should exercise moderation in shopping so that we do not acquire material goods that are superfluous. Being in the world, but with a sense of detachment from it, It is of the kingdom of God that we are citizens. This world is passing, and yet we are called to proclaim that kingdom to our contemporaries. In the midst of confusion, division, fear, the sure way is to be ever more focused on God. Daily Mass, if possible, praying the rosary individually, married couples praying the rosary with one another, in the family, frequent confession, daily reading of the Bible, serving others, enjoying the beauty of God's creation, neither losing our joy nor foolishly ignoring the call to repentance. When on Friday, I just decided I've got to get away. I booked myself a retreat. Before Lent. It's been a noisy time, hasn't it? I'm going away to an Abbey to spend a few days in prayer. Free from the attachments of the world, each of us, in accordance with our state, will be ready to abandon our nets, abandon what entangles us with the things of the world. Abandon even the friendships we hold dear, even our parents, if that is what God is calling us to. Even embracing celibacy for the kingdom of God in the priesthood or the religious life. To be prophets like Jonah, apostles, fishers of men like Simon and Andrew and James and John. To proclaim in Jesus' name to the men and women of our time, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel.